I do believe that home ownership is the breeding ground and the first foundation of building wealth. But at the same time, home ownership at the wrong time in your life can really hurt you. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show. It's another Money Monday here where we talk all things money. And today I have a very special guest to talk about money. That is Mr. Anthony O'Neill, financial expert. Now, he's not just a number one national best-selling author, but he's helped over 250,000 people set out on a path towards a debt-free life with his chart-topping book, Debt-Free Degree. Now, check out this following reach. He's also helped over 15 million people in 15 different countries through his podcast, The Table, where he always keeps it real, relevant, and relatable. So if you want a great financial education, this guy and this episode is absolutely what you want. So we're going to talk about what programs you, we're going to talk about why you manage your money the way that you do. We're going to do a fun little round of this or that, like should you pay off debt first or should you invest in your retirement accounts first or should you buy or should you rent? I think you're going to love his answers there. And then we're going to take a little left turn into managing your finances when you're single and when you're supposed to bring up the money talk and how you're supposed to show up. Because Anthony believes it's a really important stage in your life. When you are single, you can take advantage of that season to get yourself in position so that you are a better partner and attract the right partner down the road. So listen, whether you are married, whether you're single, If you deal with money, and I'm being facetious there because that is every single one of us, then this episode is for you. So get ready, listen up, take some notes. Here we go. All right, Anthony, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me back on, Chris. I appreciate it, bro. It feels good to just talk with you, talk about life, talk about money, talk about singles. So I'm looking forward to the combo. <laughs> it's funny. We're actually going to go there because people know you as a financial expert typically, and you've really <laughs> been going on that singles path lately. So we're definitely going to get there. Listen, here's yes, where sir. I want to start. I want to take everybody back. They may or may not know to when you were mm-hmm. 19 years old, $25,000 in debt. And listen, when you're 19, that feels like a mountain, right? That feels like a mountain of debt, 25 grand, a far yeah. cry from where you are right now. So how'd you end up in that amount of debt when you're 19 and how'd you find your way out? I mean, you know what? It's actually 35 grand. So let's, 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 let's make it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. I put myself into, I used to say I found myself, right, Chris, but really I put myself into $35,000 worth of debt. 15,000 of that was credit card debt. 10,000 of that was furniture debt. Then another 10,000 of that was student loan debt that I really didn't even need because I had my father's GI bill because he served 30 years in the U S army. So 
I grew up in a very strong Christian faith home, right? I had uh, four loving parents, a biological mom, stepdad, siblings, and then a biological father, stepmom. And they both live on the different sides of the world, San Diego, California, and Columbia, South Carolina. And we had two important conversations. I'm going to keep it real with you on your show. If I keep it too real, just let me know. Two important conversations. The very first one is, what do you do if you get pulled over by a police officer as a young kid? That's the most important. Second most important was, hey, here's how you get into heaven. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. And then the only conversation around money that we had was, hey, if you get $100, you give 10 of that to the church and you keep the other $90 and you just, that's what you do. Your school supplies with, your school shoes with, your school clothes with. Don't ask us for money. You got the money because you got the job. So graduating high school without no practical information and wisdom on how to really build wealth or what is a credit card and a debit card? What is a credit score? How do I budget? You know, how do I really set myself up to win financially? I allowed the culture and the world to teach me how to be and how to win with my my finances. So jumped into college, man, and and took out student loans and took out credit cards because a young lady told me that I was broke. I need to get some money and I can't take it over here. And so I said, you know what? Let me get a credit card so I can take her to Red Lobster. So I can buy her some flowers. Uh, so I can have that extra money. Right. And I'm telling you, man, I racked up within a matter of six, seven months of me graduating, racked up $35,000 in debt. And to make a long story short, because I, I really want to make sure I respect your podcast and get the practical information where, where they need to be. I became homeless. Uh, I got kicked out of school, kicked out of my apartment, lost my job. Parents wouldn't let me come back home because I was making dumb decisions at that young age. Um, all of my friends who I tried to impress didn't allow me to come back in, didn't allow me to come take a shower, get something to eat. So at the age of 19, I'm drowning in debt, sleeping in the back of my car at a Walmart parking lot. I'm even contemplating suicide. I'm questioning if God is even real. But you know what? I quickly realized that the caliber of my future was being determined by the choices I was making at that time. And I said, if I want to change the future, then I got to change myself. I got to really start looking at the inner me so the outer me can be better. And I did just that, man. I went back home, apologized to my parents, got back onto my Christian walk, got three jobs, got myself out of debt. And I'm grateful today here at 37 years old, 100% debt free, except my mortgage. I'm going to be honest. And I'm just traveling around the world, helping people really avoid debt, pay off their debt, and build true and lasting wealth. It's such a wild story. Was there a person? Was there a moment? Was there an event? Like there had to be a tipping point that made you, that was the precipice of like such a turnaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that the biggest, there was two really one, there was two big points. The one that was probably most impactful when it comes to my financial walk was back in the early 2000s, I'll say about 2002, 2003, you know, they had the spinner wheels. Like when you stop. Yeah, I remember for sure. Yeah, your wheels kept spinning, yeah. right? So, I had 22s on my Ford Explorer at the time. And every Friday in Oceanside, California, all of my friends, all of our buddies, we would all wash our cars right after work, get them all shiny, get it get it looking real good, put on our best gear, go out to the beach, and we'll park, our, park all of our cars on the beach. And on this one particular day, it's me, me and my homeboy. And we're sitting in the car, and all of our friends pull up. And we started to realize that all of our friends, including myself, we're driving nice cars. We, we got Lexuses, BMWs, Mercedes, Range Rovers, you name it, just pulling up. We're all 19, 20, 21 years old with these big old expensive cars. 
But just the other day, all of us was asking each other, you got like $5 and get something to eat at McDonald's? You know, but then we're all living with mom, with grandparents, or we got an apartment with four or five of the roommates. Like we, we look good, but we're broke. Yeah. And me and my boy looked at each other and we said, yo, we look like we got money. but We don't have any money. You're describing my youth, by the way. Listen, I think I'm describing a lot of people's youth because it's like, we look good. We had the fake Gucci belt on. We had the, you know, the nice cars, the nice haircuts. We had the Jordans. We had the J's. But we didn't have J money. We, we didn't have Jordan money. We didn't have Gucci money in the account. But we looked like it. And we both looked at each other and was like, yo, I'm sick of this, bro. Like, do I really have to go to work for the rest of my life to look like I have money? And man, we, we both said, you know what? We went home that night. He said, hey, man, take me home. I said, nah, I ain't feeling this either. And that's when I went home and I literally started searching. Um, I started searching. I started, I remember, that's when YouTube really started picking up. And I was like, yo, how to win with money. And I saw Dave Ramsey come up. I saw Robert Kiyosaki come up with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, John Maxwell, Seven Laws of Leadership. And I just started just really studying and really diving in. And honestly, that's when my life pivoted to really looking for more wisdom on how to change my life financially. Still made dumb decisions with my money. I'm going to be honest. But that it's was a hard habit to break, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the biggest trap is you'll make slightly better decisions and you'll say, see, look, I, I'm making kind of the right decisions now, but let's be honest, they're not the right decisions. It's so yeah. funny how a lot of the decisions I made when I was a young man are matching mm -hmm. a lot of the, the same decisions, literally the same type of stories as what you found yourself in as a, as a young man. Thank goodness for a lot of those mentors that you named where they were putting out content that was free or affordable, right? A book is free or affordable. YouTube, yep. free or affordable. And yep. that's kind of what you're doing today. So let's fast forward to today. Matter of fact, I love your mission that you have on your website. You serve ambitious and purpose-minded people who are on a journey towards mental, spiritual, and financial freedom. I mean, that resonates like with me like you have no idea. Yeah. Would you say it was this turnaround that made that your mission or these mentors that helped to pull you out that made your mission? Or how did this become your thing? It became my thing. Really, I need to actually need to tell my team we need to switch that around because spiritual is first. It's spiritual, mental, then financial, right? And it's like it became my thing because I realized why did I rack up so much debt? It's because spiritually I wasn't where I should have been. And so I was like, okay, cool. Then when I got there spiritually, why was I still making wrong, more mistakes? Because mentally, I haven't shifted my mind yet. I haven't shifted my mind to go from following what the world is doing to doing what is the best thing for me to do. And then when I shifted my mind, my finances shifted. Yeah. And so it really started with my own walk, my own journey, my own purpose. And man, I I'm telling you, it's just absolutely amazing to see where we are now and to see the content that I'm putting out now. And a lot of people, you know, uh, let's be honest, they don't really agree with my message. And, and that's fine, you know, because no one can really find anything wrong with my message. And here's the thing. I want to challenge anyone. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you say, Anthony, you are hurting people by telling people do not rack up debt. I'm going to invite you to my show. This is an interesting I, topic. This whole yes. debt or no debt topic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what people don't understand is because is, I've made this justification before. Hey, there's such a thing as smart debt. If you leverage it properly, yada, 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 right? But the problem right. is that advice is like 4.0, right? Down the journey. And you can't give people that type of advice when they're first trying to break the habit of debt. 
when they're first trying to break the the disease of death. That's all I'm saying. Right? Chris, you're talking good. We, we The podcast is over. <laughs> Chris has just closed his own podcast. <laughs> but it's true. Because listen, yes, you can leverage that in a smart way, but it's yeah. like giving an alcoholic a drink. It's like saying, well, yeah. hey, Mr. or Mrs. Alcoholic, here's a responsible way to drink, so I'm just going to give you this <clears throat> such and such gin. It's and You have to break it. You know, and, and eighty percent of the people see. See, now, now let's be real. I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go even realer here. I am a minority by culture, yep. but I speak yep. to the majority. I don't speak to the minority because the majority of the people in America are living paycheck to paycheck. Eighty percent of them are living paycheck to paycheck. So my message is not for the minority. My message is not for the the minority of people who know how to actually get a credit card and then pay it off every single month and don't carry a balance. Yep. That's not my message. My message is for the majority of the people who think, oh, my God, I need to get a credit card so I can have an 800 credit score and this is going to be for emergencies. But then when as soon as they get that credit card is maxed out. They're living paycheck to paycheck. They're drowning in debt. Now they're hurting. And I want to be an example that, hey, you can still be successful. You can drive the Mercedes to BMW without having a credit card. You can have all this kind of stuff without having a credit card. Um, you can get into a beautiful home like what I did over the last two, three years and without having an actual credit score. Now, there are certain ways. There are certain guidelines to go about it. But it's like, no one can sit here and say that I'm actually hurting someone. But again, you know, I can say this now. I'm not knocking people who go down the credit card route because I get it. I do believe that there are some people who can honestly have this credit card and use this and still have and carry no debt. But the truth of the fact is the majority of the people in the world can't. And those are the people who I'm here to inspire and encourage and walk with them along that journey. Man, I love it. There's so many directions I want to take this. I actually want to stay on this whole, the way I said, debt or no debt. I've got a few mm -hmm. more fun, rapid questions for you, like this or that type of questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with one. Buy or rent? Oh, man. It, it all depends. <laughs> you know, it really all depends. I mean, if you're drowning in debt, rent. But if you're not drowning in debt and you got a good emergency fund, buy all day long. Because I do believe that home ownership is the breeding ground to uh, the, and the first foundation of building wealth. But at the same time, home ownership at the wrong time in your life can really hurt you. Yeah. I'm 37. I didn't purchase my first home until I was 33, until I was 34. And at 34, I started making my kind of money today like at 30. But I was like, you know what? Let me just still stack up some money because I think a lot of people, Chris, think if I pay $1,000 on rent, I could pay $1,000 on mortgage. No, it's not true. Saying. The payment is the truth, but your house is going to be way more expensive Big time. than your apartment. Yep. And yep. so because you have so much more responsibilities when it comes to a home. So, yes, if it was equal as far as I pay $1,000 and pay $1,000 for rent and apartment, then, yeah, I can see that if there was nothing else around it. But what? Your border bill is going to double or triple. You know, your light bill is going to double or triple. Furnace uh, goes out. Roof needs repair. Exactly. Like, you're responsible now for all maintenance. Apartments, you just call them, hey, my toilet's messed up. Cool, great, we're coming. I got a roof. I got a leak in the roof. Okay, cool, great, we're coming. Who are you going to call me to get at home? Hey, I got a, I got a problem with the roof. Okay, cool, great. It's going to cost you two grand. Yep. When you want me there? Yep. <laughs> and yep. so, um, for me, man, it all, it all really depends. But if you're asking someone like you and I, Oh, buy all day long. And my motto that I learned from my mentor and, and, and friend Dave Ramsey is now when I buy, for the most part, I'm keeping it. I want to pass it down. That's cool. That's cool. All right. I got another this or that for you. Yeah. First place to put your money, paying off debt or investing in retirement accounts? 
If you can only pay one. Paying off debt all day long. All day long. All day long. Because if I can pay off debt, then it means I can invest more. When you really do the research, people who are trying to pay off debt and invest at the same time, they're only investing about 2 to 3% of their money, if that, mm-hmm. right? But when you pay off your debt, I teach that I learned from my friend and mentor, Dave Ramsey, to invest 15% into, you know, your, like your Roth uh, 401ks, your Roth IRAs, and some good mutual retirement accounts. And then after that, outside of that, you know, I even say once you get that 15% in there and you want to get creative and, and invest some more, you, yo, go invest into crypto and so, you know, day trading or stuff like that, as long as you're investing in the right place. But before then, you know, going ahead and just attack the debt. That's what I, I would do all day long because you instantly give yourself a pay raise and you're not racking up um, any more interest on top of your debt. Man, I love it. I agree. Okay, here's another one. Secret to getting rich, increase earning power or be extra frugal? Ooh, increase earning power all day long. I agree. I think a lot of people think my message is for is is to be frugal. No, my west my message is to be a good steward over the resources you have. And the more resources that you have, that's better. So, I believe in multiple streams of income. I believe in bringing in more. It's just that when we bring in more, we don't have to go spend <laughs> it all. That's it. That's all I'm saying. So don't, I'm not saying be frugal. What I'm saying is be wise, be yeah, a good yeah. steward of it and live below your means. Because I'm not a frugal guy. I drive expensive cars, but I waited to purchase those cash for years. I live in a beautiful home, but I lived in an apartment for years. I lived in a smaller home for, for years before I bought something like this. So uh, I'm not a frugal guy. Man, I like this stuff. This is some good stuff. All right, I got one more for you then. I got, then we'll all get right, into right. more normal questions. Work for someone else or work for yourself? Woo! Oh, man. I can't choose just one right. answer. Because <laughs> there's different personalities. I was trying to there trap is. you on that one. There is, but I can't, I cannot pick one because not everyone is called to be an entrepreneur to, to give you a quick answer. But I do believe that there is power in entrepreneurship. And I do believe that entrepreneurship brings ownership. Ownership brings freedom. But I do believe that, for an example, for right now, like for me, if I was a, I, mean, I am an entrepreneur, I have my own business. If I didn't have anyone who wanted to work, I wouldn't have a business. You know, because if everyone wanted to own their own business, then nobody would want to come and work. And honestly, there's nothing. We need Scotty Pippins. We need the Scotty Pippins. We need the Steve Kerr's. We, we need the, the strong secondhand. Without no Scotty Pippin, without Dennis Rodman, there would be no Michael Jordan. You know, there wouldn't be a winning streak for the Chicago Bulls, you know. And so um, um, I think that there, there are some amazing people out there who are not the entrepreneur, but they are just as important as the entrepreneur. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay, so we're going to shift into like a little bit more serious questions here. Are there a few key areas in our lives that you think have the greatest influence on how we manage our money? Now, when you ask that question, what do you mean? G- give me a little bit more detail so I can make sure I answer what correctly. What do you for think you? influences us either consciously or subconsciously that affects how we manage our money? Are we spenders? Are we savers? Are we frugal? Are we frantic? Our phones. Yep. You know, social media. I remember growing up in the 90s, in the 80s and the 90s, man, and there was no such thing as Facebook or Instagram. MySpace didn't really come out until what, like the early 2000s, 2005, right? But I think when that came, man, now it was, we didn't really know how to mind our own business. 
we were in everyone's business. Oh my God, they just went to Hawaii. Oh, they just went on a vacation. Oh my gosh. Oh, she did she just get that minivan, that soccer van? Oh my goodness. Babe, bae, son, you should, bae, we should, honey, we should. And it's like now, back in the 80s and the 70s, man, my mom and my grandma was like, yo, we didn't really know what other people were doing until we showed up to like church or until we showed up into like events with them. But for the most part, when we was at home, man, we focused on our family and eating for our family and doing what was best for our family. But now people, we go, think about it. Ooh, ooh, I want people to really think about this, man. We go to sleep consuming someone else's life. We wake up and before we think about our life, we are consuming someone else's life. We turn over, we go on Instagram, we get on Snapchat, we get on TikTok, and we're consuming other people's lives, which is now painting pictures in our head. Yo, I need to do this. I need to do that. And so I think that really affects, and I'll be honest, it's affected me. Yeah, me too. You know, it, it's, it's impacted me. So now I hired a social media lady, man. I hardly go down my feed anymore because I know social media impacts me. So every July for my birthday, I take two weeks off of social media. For Christmas, I take two weeks off of social media because I know I need to unplug because I know it just it just impacts. And so social media has definitely played a huge role in how we spend money, how we see money, and how it impacts us. Man, that's a powerful answer. Now, on that same point of, of the things that affect how we manage our money, right? The things that seep into us. To that point, I know your message is for everybody that you pointed mm-hmm. out before, but it is a passion of yours to bring financial literacy to minorities. Uh, yeah, you've yeah. made some bold moves recently to, to be able to yeah. do that. And it's a yeah. huge priority for you. So describe some of the differences around these outside influences that minorities may face that other people don't have to when it comes to managing their money. I think some of the differences when it comes to the minority culture, right? And the majority culture when it comes to race is Uh, the lack of exposure and the lack of opportunities. I do not want to sit here and say that, and just be blunt, that all white people are getting financial literacy. I'm not going to sit here and say that because we know that's not true. But I will definitely say that there are more Black people not getting the financial literacy than white people not getting it. And so my heart and passion is to go back into my community, the community that raised me, and give them that information and respectfully saying this, on a level that they receive it, yes. in a way that that impacts them as that they can receive it. You can't that understate that last point, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the truth. Yep. You know, it's like, and I think sometimes, uh, and I appreciate you answering this question, I think sometimes white people sit here and, and say, well, Anthony's racist. No, I'm not racist. What I'm simply saying is that just because I am pro-black, just because I want to go back and help the black community doesn't mean I'm against the white community. Yep. What I'm saying is that, no, I need to make sure that my brothers and sisters who look like me get the exposure because I remember being young and wishing that there were more positive people who look like me coming back teaching positive things. I remember driving through the neighborhood and I see the dope boy, a black man on the streets. And sometimes it was a dope boy looking out for us and he wasn't teaching us how to do things legally, he was like, yo, man, you know what? Listen, you don't want to be like me, son. You don't want to do this, son. You know, just go to school, get that education, son. But what I see him doing was something that I don't need to be doing. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other cultures, but what I am saying is representation matters. And if African-Americans can see another young black man who is not a basketball player, who is not a celebrity, who's had to work, who had to bust his butt, who's made some mistakes and he's successful, it means a lot. And so I never will say 
no um, outside of the black community can get my stuff because honestly, about 40% of the people who follow me are white and I love that. But I am very specific on making sure that minorities get this message, that minorities get the information because we need it. My mentor, Dave Ramsey, the majority of his tribe is white. And that's great. Like I'm super proud of, um, and that's great. But who's in the black community really teaching my message? Such a great answer. It's like you wouldn't not bring your family along with you when you're going somewhere and you're literally going back saying, hey, I got to make sure that I bring my family along with me. I have to. I really feel that calling. And, And what I'm trying to do is like, okay, how do I do this in a way to where I know some people are not going to understand it, yeah. right? But how do I make sure that I, that my heart and my motives are pure and my intentions are pure? I mean, and I'm telling you, man, the message is being received well. I'm challenging my community because no one in my community is teaching absolutely no debt. No yeah. one is teaching that. And it's a good calling, man. And I'm loving where we are. I love it. Love it. Love the message. Love the effort. So when you're not teaching on finances... Mm-hmm. You're teaching on how to maximize your season of being single. How yeah, yeah, did you yeah. ever end up with this as your second expertise? They seem so so opposite, <laughs> but they're actually not in a way. You know, you know, man, I'm always teaching about money. So everything that I teach on, it comes from the angle of, okay, cool. How do I set people up to win with money? And my message for singles, right, is I was sitting back at myself and I was looking at, okay, what were all of the mistakes that I've made as a young man? Because I'm coming up on 40. I'm 37 years old today, turning 38 this year. I have two more years before I turn 40. I'm like, man, what were all the things that I've learned during this season? And two of them, finances and single season. When I really step back and I look at it, man, we have so much that's being offered to our young people and to our kids, right? We have so many people talking to married couples on how to get married, on how to stay married and how to do things as a married couple. But we don't really have a lot of people talking to that in-between person, to that person that's saying, hey, I just graduated high school. I just graduated college. I'm 20 years old. I'm 30 years old. I'm single. I don't have a spouse. I don't really have kids or I do have kids. And when I was young, Everything I did was I chased the bag and I chased the ladies. I'm going to be real. That's all I wanted. But I wasn't chasing myself. I wasn't chasing and maximizing the single season. And so now it's like, man, how many singles are chasing the money and chasing relationship, chasing romance? And so now I'm like, okay, we're not being a good steward of this single season. And we wonder why. 52% of marriages are getting divorced. It's not just solely because of money. And I think if we really dive deep, it's because we really didn't maximize our single season. We didn't go sit down with a therapist and really walk through and talk through, why do we think the way we think? Why do we process the things the way we process them? You know, we didn't really, during our single season, stretch ourselves outside of our comfort zone and become comfortable being uncomfortable. We didn't really stretch ourselves and say, you know what? Maybe I need to look and analyze my network. I have so many people around me, but are they quality people? Or do I just have a lot when it comes to quantity of people? But should I get rid of all these people and get around your Chris's, your Anthony O'Neill's, your Dave Ramsey's, your, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's, your John Maxwell's? Should I make my circle, my network smaller, but better that pushes me towards my vision? And check this out. And this is something that I'm really, really passionate about when it comes to singleness. Every single I ask, I ask them this question. What's the vision for your life? Where are you going? 
And every single can tell me, I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I mean, I'm, I'm going to see what my wife want to do. Like right now, man, I just want to, you know, I want to get a job promotion. I'm going to be a manager at my job. I, um, you know, I got, I got a couple of kids. I want to be a good dad. Okay, cool. Great. But that's not a vision. Where there is no vision, that's where people perish. Yes. Yep. And, and I think that one thing for single people, men and women, we need to have a clear vision on where we're going. It doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all vision, but there needs to be a good five to 10-year vision over your life that is supported by baby goals, that is then supported by daily habits. So that's one thing that I'm really, really passionate about with this single season. But check this out. If we can really chase ourselves and better ourselves, and what happened? We can pay off debt quicker. Why? Because we got a clear vision. We understand how we think and why we process things, what do we process, and why do we want to purchase this, and why do we want to have that? We can start a business if we wanted to, because now we, we are a better individual. I'm teaching singles, don't chase a relationship. Chase yourself. And as you're chasing yourself, watch the relationships come. I'm so curious. The question I get the most from single people is, how early in the dating process should I talk about how much debt I have or finances mm-hmm. or find out about the other person? What's your advice yeah, on that? Yeah. I wrote a book. I wrote a mini ebook called How to Date and How to Ask the Hard Questions for Our Dating Right. And that is one of the most common questions that I'm asked too. And I tell everyone simple. It's simple. Don't do it on the first few dates, but do it before you get in a committed relationship. Uh, whether that's a, some people may say courtship. Some people may call that exclusive dating. Whenever you all say, hey, you and that person are the only two people that y'all are seeing, then that's before then you need to say, you know what? Hey, let's have a hard conversation. And I literally, they go to my website, anthonyoneal.com. I wrote an 18 page book on how to have the hard conversation while dating. Here are the questions you should be dating. Here are the questions you need to stay away from. Here are some red flags you need to be listening to. And believe it or not, red flags are not, oh, I got $100,000 in debt. No, the red flags really come to the mental side of things. Are they okay with $100,000 in credit card and car loan debt. If they got student loan debt, that's not a red flag. You know, uh, if they have any kind of debt, it's not really a red flag. It's about what's the mental behind moving forward. Those are the things you want to listen for. And so we really walk that through, man. But don't wait until engagement. Don't wait until marriage. Don't wait until you fall in love. Do it right before you start really getting those serious feelings. So that way it's easier for you to bounce if it's something that you just can't handle. You have a new course coming out, actually, The Singles Blueprint, yeah. Eight Pillars mm-hmm. to Maximize Your Single Season, Gain Clarity on Your Life's Vision, and, and Start Building Your Legacy Right Now. Who's the course for? Where can people find it? The course is for anyone that is single and, and really ready to maximize their single season. Uh, one of the things for me is I told myself that I do not want to tell my wife no, because I told all of my friends and guests and girlfriends and people in the past, Yes. I want to make sure that during this single season, I am getting all of the pillars laid down and in my life to create a solid foundation so my wife and my kids, my kids, kids, kids can build on this. And so we're really walking through here are the eight things that I focus on on a daily basis. And these eight things have nothing to do with how to make more money. It has nothing to do with how to get a girlfriend and how to get a boyfriend. These are the things that all of my millionaire friends have said, you know what? Here are the eight pillars that have helped me. And when I really studied that, I was like, yo, I'm doing the same thing. I built my network. I built my spiritual wealth. Man, I started focusing on my time. How am I structuring up my time throughout the day? I budget my time like I budget my money. You know, I have a vision vision for my time, the way I have a vision for my life and my money. And so we're going to really dive into that. And Chris, for the first time, man, I am going to be giving out everyone who signs up on the course, 
my cell phone number and I'm giving everyone my direct email. And for eight weeks, you're going to get the course. But then for eight weeks, I'm going to go live for two hours every single week. And I'm going to be answering questions. I'm going to be bringing on some solid guests to help us really dive in deeper into what we're doing. And then if you have any questions, any prayer requests, or just any concerns, man, you can reach out to me directly. But now once those eight weeks are up, Chris, then you're changing your number. <laughs> I'm, changing, I'm, I'm getting rid of that number. <laughs> but I really want to make, right. You know, I mean, and the course is so affordable. It's like 400 bucks, right? But if you want to join the course, it's only going to be open for a limited amount of time because I want to make sure that we can serve everyone. Um, I think we, I think the note, the link will be in the show description. We'll drop in the, the show link. notes. Yeah, yeah. Drop in the show notes. So check out the link, you guys. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a 100% blast. But I will tell you, the course is going to be only open for like eight days. And then I got to shut it down because if I keep it open forever, I won't get any sleep. But for eight weeks, I'm committed to helping singles maximize the single season, gain clarity in the vision. So when we get that vision for their life, man, they can go out there and do everything and anything that they want because now they're maximized. It's so crucial to be the, the best version of yourself that you can be before you go yes. partner up with somebody, right? Otherwise, you're, you're kind of doomed. So if you're single, if you're hearing this, get over to the show notes. Click that link, sign up for this course, because like he said, he's going to be throwing his phone number away right after he, right after he <laughs> takes all your questions live. Hey, listen, where's the best pl- uh, place for people to follow you and get a hold of you? Oh, man, you can go to anthonyoneal.com. You can get all the information over there from courses to free res- money resources to my YouTube show to my Instagram, TikTok. Just go there, man. It's a one-stop shop. You'll find everything. I love it. I know you got to go. So we got one last question here. You've had a ton yes, of success. Sir. Our tagline is when good people make good money, they can do great things. What's something great that you've been able to do now that you've been successful? Man, I think the greatest thing I've been able to do that now that I've been successful is to live where I want to live. For the most part, people move to where they have to move because they have to have a job. Me, for the first time ever in my life, I moved to D.C. because I said, you know what? Where do I want to go? I was even thinking about moving to Puerto Rico. I was like, I can do what I do from anywhere. (laughs) You know, where do you want to go, A.O.? So, you know, let me go to D.C. Uh, Let me go to the DMV area. And the reason why was simply because what we talked about earlier uh, you know, DMV has PG County and PG County is the is the wealthiest African-American county in the United States of America. And I wanted to be around that for a season in my life. So it you, feels man. good to be able to do that. Good for you. That's amazing. Listen, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. You're an amazing individual. This is just the beginning of our journey, getting to know each other. I can't wait to collaborate and do some big things in the future together. Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, hey, you guys, join me at Singles Blueprint. Uh, I'm telling you right now, you'll love it. Dip on over the show notes, guys. We got everything right there for you. Anthony, thanks a lot, man. Sure appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success. 